don't think we had this last time. Uh, right I mean, now. did we? We didn't. We didn't have this. We had it playing through your phone. Yeah, but it didn't. It, it didn't wasn't. Work. It now didn't. This is real. This, this is. This is real. This is the real deal. It's live. We're here. We're here. We're doing it. All right. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's we get into it. Welcome everybody to the meeting after the meeting. Meeting. This is the <laughs> first episode. Of our meeting slash podcast, we're going to be doing the audio for this will be put into a podcast and uh, put on all of the different streaming platforms for podcasts. So you can find us there, meet the meeting after the meeting. Audio uh, only. Audio only. Obviously. Obviously. We are also doing this live every week in the meeting format on Zoom, which we're doing tonight. So if you're tuning in with us. Welcome. Welcome. And we hope uh, you Is there come anyone back. tuning in? This yeah, we got, we got one. We, we got, got Austin. One. We got Austin. Austin. Yeah. Dude. Austin, thank you. And Shout welcome. Us. I haven't seen you, brother. Hope, uh, hope this is... Uh, it's quite an honor. First, first uh, guest on Zoom. Austin is going to give us an honest opinion. He will. He will. I don't he know. will. He's, he's a man in the tech space. At least he used to be. No. No. He, no. Got, he got fired from that job. No, he never did that. You're thinking of a different Austin, probably. Austin, what's his last name? I'm not going to say his last name. Already, already doxing people. people on, Two on minutes audio. Two minutes. Anyways, anyway. all right. Let's. We don't have time for this. Let's get We've into got it. a packed show today. Yeah. yeah. So, so real quick, just just to put this out there, um, we we've got a great rundown format of the show. We'll get into that tonight. We've got the main main kind of purpose of this is we've got a guest who's going to be joining us. He's going to be sharing a little bit about his journey through AA. We've got a topic we're going to introduce. We've got... From Tampa. Our guest is from Tampa. From Tampa. Uh, we've got a topic we're going to inter- introduce at some point and talk a little bit about. We've got a couple of other little segments we're going to go through. We'll surprise you near the end. That should be a lot of fun. And I think we're just going to get right into it tonight. Let's bring so why don't we welcome our guest, Jerry D. from Tampa, Florida. Jerry, come on in. They love on. Jerry. Wow. They love Jerry. <laughs> they love Jerry. Hello. <laughs> wow. Jerry, welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for thanks for being here. We we found out Jerry, who's a friend of ours, was going to be in town this week and decided that he would be a great first guest. Guinea pig. Guinea pig. First guest, last guest. Yeah. First guest. <laughs> Anywhere in between. Anywhere. Yeah. Could be. Jerry will slide Happy in. to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for taking the time out of your week. We know you're busy. And uh, grateful that you're here. Why don't you give us a couple of just the basic, I think we call them the stats. The stats. The stats. Quick stats. So I'm Jerry. I'm an alcoholic. Jerry. Uh, My sobriety date is July 22nd of 2005. Uh, I have a sponsor and I have a home group, which is Tampa Young People's Group. Tampa Young People. All right. History. History. Been around around for a long time. It has been around longer than I've been sober. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of years. Want to give a couple shout outs? Terry? I mean, no, not really. I could. <laughs> I mean, but then other people are going to be like, he didn't say my name. Why didn't Press, he say yeah. my Mark, name? Mark, shout outs, Tampa crew. <laughs> yes. So, so <laughs> you. Everyone in Tampa. And just real quick, you recently moved to Tampa from I this area. Did. From I did. I left here in March. Okay. So you've been yeah. down there. How's that going? Good. Yeah. Good. I like it a lot. I'm doing, uh, my AA life has, uh, been reinvigorated. I think is yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah, definitely. It was a good move for you. It has been. It's been really good. And I think that that'll kind of, that just, uh, that's a little bit of what we're going to dive into with our topic a little, a little later, something yeah. like that. Okay. So good, good to know. So the first part of what we're going to do, we talked to you a little bit about it. We're going to call it the three W's, three W's the three dubs, three where dubs. you're going to go over, you're going to highlight for us just in little five minute clips, uh, what you were like, what happened, what you're like now. Those are the three W's. Okay. We can do that. So, I can do that. Yeah. But like, but like, you know, no drunk along elevator pitch style. Yeah. Yeah. I got like you. You got a newcomer in the car and you got. 15 minutes until you got to drop them off, that kind of pitch. Right, right. So 
Am I starting now? Whoops, sorry. Go for it. A little tangle up down there. No start later. Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I was a, I'm the youngest of four kids. I fell in love with feeling different. Whether, you know, when I was a little kid, it was spinning around. It was quickly drinking, you know. And I mean really early, like seven, eight, nine, ten. I was drinking a fair amount and doing whatever else I could find, you know, and I just lived that way. My son does that. Should I worry? I mean, it's a sign. I would, well, does he do it, throw up, and then do it again? And cry, and then do it again? He has not crossed that line yet. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I remember I I got in trouble because I did it and fell in the river and, like, almost drowned, and they were like, what is wrong with you? And I was just like, and then I'm out there again. Yeah. Yeah. So... So uh, I always loved, you know, drinking. I excelled at that. Um, I did a lot of weird stuff. I like to run away. Um, and consequently, you know, I created a lot of damage along the way with people, family, institutions, police departments, things like that, different uh, levels of courts across many states. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, I mean, I am the kind of alcoholic that I will do whatever I have to to um, continue to drink. Like, it, it doesn't really matter. And after a while, like, I didn't, I always thought I had a choice, you know, oh, I'll never do that. But pretty soon I did that too. And I would just continue to do whatever um, was necessary to stay messed up, you know. And I travel a lot. It's easier. You can. I found you don't get in as much trouble if you leave town every ten or twenty days. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know you. They don't recognize you. Come and arrest you when they see you. Where, wherever the social services are hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's what I ended up. You know, I just sucked the life out of people's social services wherever I could find them. Um, most definitely, I. I sought them out. And people talk about them at the places I would go. And you'd be like years later, like, oh, I'm going to go to San Francisco. I heard they have really cheap drugs and good welfare. <laughs> Methadone. Yeah, I did all of that. So so that's kind of what I was like. Um, you know, and the what happened occurred really slowly for me. Um, I got sent to Alcoholics Anonymous in 1987, Although my mom had kind of put me around people several times from like the time I was like 15 um, on, because she knew there was something up with me. But uh, in 1987, I got sent to AA. And like I said, I got sober in 2005. So the what happened occurred slowly across that period of time, I think. And uh, there was different levels. I had some really devastating bottoms that were just like terrible And then, you know, I would recover and, you know, you get some weight back on you, you get a job, you get a girlfriend, you get the girlfriend back or whatever it was at the time. And like, I don't need AA. Like, I just, I don't like, I don't, they talk weird. I don't need that. And then, you know, I start thinking with Jerry's mind and then I always go back to drinking. I always, always go back to drinking. Um. And I just couldn't get away with that, away from that. And so in the end, you know, I lived in an apartment uh, here in Maryland, in Tacoma Park. Uh, I lived with my daughter. Um, She was 14 and a half. Uh, She was kind of the adult around the house the last three or four months of my drinking because I was just in and out of, you know, drunkenness around the clock. And... uh, you know, I got to a place where I was literally in the psych ward. It was early morning, middle of the night. I was somewhere in between seizures. I got there because, like, I had to beg the doctor in the ER to let me in. She's like, what the hell do you want from us? She yelled at me. I was like, God, this woman is terrible. So you know you're in bad shape. <laughs> People at the psych ward are like, oh, it's you again. Yeah. Right? And I'm like... This woman is such a, right? But I was like, how how dare her? I know, because I needed help, right? And I was willing in that moment. So they should always jump up and help me, is the way I felt, right? And uh, 
you know, so she's grilling me and I'm like, I, th- I just don't, I think I don't want to die. And I'm afraid I'm going to die. Cause I like shake so bad when I'm not drinking. And so she finally agreed to, she didn't tell me that, but I heard her say something to the nurse, you know, let him sit and then we'll take him upstairs. And then I started having like little seizures and I heard the nurse say to the doctor, like he's starting to have seizures. Should I medicate him? And she said, no, let Mm. him suffer. Mm. Maybe he'll remember. And I was like, what a bitch. (laughs) I mean, how the hell? That's inhumane, right? (laughs) But actually I do remember that now. So there's, there's something there. And, uh, so I'm in the psych ward. It's the middle of the night. I'm in between seizures, and they're not medicating me. It's not pleasant. And, you know, there's little weird men running around the ceiling and stuff. And I was just like, I had this moment where I was just like, make this shit stop. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said, I don't care what it is. Just, like, let me die, whatever. I just want it to stop. And, uh, you know, then... A little later, this nurse came in, and she was the sweetest lady. I don't remember her name, but she was this woman from, like, southeast D.C., had a real, like, southern drawl to the way she talked, and she was like, oh, sweetie, you need to just let those people help you. And I don't know how, but I knew she was talking about AA because there was no one else around to help me either. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, around that time, either that day before that or after that um you know there was a meeting brought in i met these four guys you know they wrote their numbers in the book uh i remember them coming in looking like two of them were really young one kind of looked like a gq model or something the other one looked kind of like a trust fund brat Um, later I found I was kind of writing both counts, but the point of that is I'm sitting there judging these guys and I'm in the psych ward again, wearing, you know, a robe that I'm told was open in the back. I don't really believe that I'm told that I looked gray, but I don't know. And that I had like an IV bottle on a little rolly cart that I, the, the chances are high <laughs> that those were, true. I just say, yeah, well, you would know. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> I would not. So, you know, and that's what happened. You know, I, uh, I called them all. They said, why don't you call us before you leave? Which was a foreign idea to me. Like, I could just go home. I lived across the street, right? But I called them. And, uh, you know, that's what happened. I became willing. So what I'm like now. Well, what has so so you know? Yeah, hold on. We know your story. We know your story really well. We've got a little bit of time here. We'll probably go to about eight twenty on 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 the three W. So we got about okay. So, but what what kind of? Because I love your what happened to you when you got out of the psych ward. What was that experience like? What kind of what was different this time? Because you had done like you said that so many times. What was different this time? Talk about maybe that first night when you got out, uh, and what was you know. What, what did you decide to do differently? I didn't make any decision. Uh, the thing that was different was, so I called the, well, I mean, I got to talk. I just got to say it. So I called everyone. No one answered. All four numbers that were in the book. I still have that book, too. I don't give that out to newcomers. I keep that one. I give them a copy <laughs> if they want one, but I keep that one. And uh, none of them answered. And then I went back to my room. I wasn't thinking, you know, oh, fuck AA or anything. But then the nurse came and got me. And one of the guys called me back. And she took the big phone and put it on the wall and let me talk to him. And uh, I just told the truth, man. Like, I'm afraid to leave here. I live across the street. And I know there's stuff in my apartment. I will use it. I can't not. I don't know how to not. Like, and he, he had these dumb ideas. Um, he said, why don't you just wait there and I'll pick you up when I get off work. <laughs> it's like a Friday. They could let you at like 11 I mean, in the morning. What a crazy idea. Right. And I'm like, I can see my apartment, my bedroom window, like from where I'm standing. But I did it. I listened. 
And that's the difference. That's what I did. I listened. Um, you know, and I, I kept listening. I knew that, uh, well, there's another thing that happened that night. We went to the meeting, blah, blah, blah. People came, cleaned out the stuff out of my apartment, which was... Some guys from the meeting came some guys came, back to yeah. your house. Yeah, four of them. And uh, I didn't let people in my house at that point in life. Like, no yeah, one it was nothing good door. for anybody yeah, to no. see <laughs> our houses. I don't blame you. <laughs> so the, the manager, like, helped my daughter all the time, of the apartments I lived in. And she... My daughter told her I was in the hospital again, and she went up and cleaned my apartment. So it looked way better than I expected. It was so nice. <laughs> she didn't clean everything. Yeah, no, it's still pretty bad. But, uh, you know, they cleaned everything out, and they left. And it's July 2005. We had a big storm. The power went out. And, like, I'm, like, five days off of a several months of chugging as much vodka as I can in between throwing up and passing out, right? So I'm not okay. I'm not going to sleep. I have no medication. <laughs> like, I'm shaking. I'm like, you know, Chris was like, read the book. And I was like, trying to read the book, and it's shaking all over. I can't see the letters. I was like, I can't read the book. I turned Someone on the got TV. rid of this vanilla extract, too, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there guy. was nothing in there, trust me. <laughs> Still hold that against him. Um, anyway. <laughs> Good thing we didn't all have big bottles of hand sanitizer around back then. No Probably doubt. Oh, drink Lord. <laughs> That would have been terrible. You have to add some Kool-Aid mix to that. (laughs) I never tried it. So uh, that night, my thoughts are just running, and I couldn't blame anybody. For the first time in my life, I knew that the reason I was in this position, 18 years after coming to AA and stopping drinking, sometimes for like a couple years, uh, the reason I was back, where I was feeling that terror and everything else was because of me. And so I was willing to do whatever. And that I've maintained that to a degree, you know, like sometimes I'm less willing, certainly, you know, but there were points where I remember thinking like, screw this, I'll do it, whatever it is, I don't care. I remember I was like three days sober. We went to my home group, what was to become my home group. And, you know, my sponsor was like, stand in the greeting line and tell people, hi, I'm Jerry, I'm new. Like, they're not going (laughs) to freaking know I'm new, right? But I hadn't talked to that many different people in probably five years. Years. Yeah, like, because I just work home, like, no conversations, drink, you know. No, you don't want to talk to people play video games, online poker, whatever it was, you know, like all that <laughs> stuff. Like, so, yeah, I never, I didn't want to talk to people. I remember I would go to the liquor store. There was a liquor store in Tacoma Park, and I would go like every third day because it was on my rotation, and the dude had really hairy knuckles and a big watch. I have no idea what he looked like. I never once looked at his face, ever. That's the way I was living, you know. I just didn't. Less than human, for sure. And A is different. If you find a good group of alcoholics that you walk into, people, they look you in the eyes. They want to shake your hand. They want to ask you how you're doing. They want to ask you how your day was. Things that we, like, I avoided at all costs. And if I had to do them, I was drunk or messed up in some way. Well, they don't have that shame anymore. Yeah. They've worked through the steps. They've had those promises come true. They were... So it was weird. I'm not going to lie. I was 40 years old. I got sober in a young people's group. A lot of the people that I hung out with were like 20, 25. I think my sponsor was like 30-something. And it was really weird for me, but they welcomed me and they invited me along. And, you know, they made me feel like I belonged, which I hadn't felt in forever. It was annoying, too, you know, when, like, some little kid's like, get in the back, old man. You know, (laughs) whoever had time got to sit in the front of the car. You definitely were driving. No, I I didn't drive for years, man. I couldn't drive. Yeah, he was missing that trifecta. Yeah. No trifecta. I had no driver's license. Car. None of that. Driver's license. Insurance. Proper glasses. (laughs) Proper proper glasses. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Gabe. 
Gabe, we never introduced Gabe. Gabe's our producer. What's up, everyone? Show. Gabe. Gabe, the producer. Gabe's mm-hmm. the one who's working. Also the, an alcoholic. Also an alcoholic. Sorry. Working the soundboard, working the video, making sure we're looking good. Messing this up. Everything's good? Yeah, you guys look great. Awesome. Well, of course. Thanks, Gabe. Gabe does this for, <laughs> Gabe does this for obviously, fun and for free for, I don't know for if Alcoholics great, Anonymous. But we look good enough. Yeah. He's doing it for a free free dinner every week, he said. So we, we get him a dinner, he comes Dude, over. that's a good deal. It's a really it's not, good deal. It's not a bad yeah, deal. It's a solid deal. <laughs> over time, yeah, as the weeks up. go on, the, yeah, the money adds up. Definitely does. <laughs> so I have a question. So you, because of your, I think, your experience in and out AA and coming to that realization where, it, and I came to this decision that it was my own decision-making that jackpotted me, you know? It is this idea that I know what's right, or even even when all of the evidence is is crystal clear that I, I'm not right, you know, mm-hmm. I can still feel that way. And I have seen you over the years have that sort of that, that bullshit detector for other newcomers when they're coming in, and they're like, Jerry can sniff them out. It's like, <laughs> man, that guy's full of shit. And I'm like, you know, I'm always like an optimist. I'm always taking people at face value. I said, well, you know, let's see how he does. You know what I mean? You never know. You never know. It's true. Next thing you know, he's like smoking crack. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, Jerry was right again. Flipped his car, going straight on inter- no intersection, just flipped his car. Like, yeah. <laughs> not naming any names. Falling asleep in meetings regularly. You're like, what's going on? I'm just, just long day at work. Wow. Wait, <laughs> really when tired. You, when you fall asleep in a meeting with your eyes open, <laughs> I'm just saying something's might, wrong. That's, that might, old, that's not just tired. You might need to start the steps. Up. I have two toddlers at home. <laughs> I own a business. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. That's tired. I've never fallen asleep with my eyes open. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> so I may sniff it out, but we always help them. Yeah. We always try. That's true. Make a an attractive place for people. You have to over. You have to like. Yeah. Ignore that almost. Put it in the back burner a little bit and, and still give them the same opportunity that we give everybody sure, else. Sure, of course. Yeah. Sometimes people, like, I do call them out sometimes, though, I will say. Which is good. Yeah. I, I needed that. I know. Yeah. People, yeah. people I called me out, and that was finally what, what got through to me. Everybody's like, oh, be nice, be nice. People were nice to me all the time. If you were nice to me, I took advantage of you. If, yeah. you, if I saw that yeah. you were going to be nice to me, I was going to try to uh, use that in every way I could. But the people who told me the truth... And the ones who weren't giving me any bullshit were the ones that I ended up respecting right. and the ones that I ended up wanting help from. Because I could tell they knew. They knew That's what right. was going on. What I mean, and there's a fine line between that sort of hero's welcome back to AA oh, and just being helpful. I can't take the hero's welcome back to <laughs> see that. What they used to call a hero's welcome. It's, it's still unbearable. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, so you good. made it back. So oh, no, you're, you're going to kill that person. You're going to kill him. Gonna kill the person. The hero's welcome. Yeah. We could have a whole episode on that. We just might one day. We just, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of speaking of, of of the episode, let's so let's move on. It there's you know a lot a lot of years of what what life has been like for you since you've been sober. And I'm sure there's a million sure. things you could talk about. I've heard you talk about a lot of them. How would you sum it up in you know in in five six minutes? What life is like today? What you know? What is different now? everything there's nothing that's the same or even remotely recognizable um that doesn't really say much though i uh you know i don't have those same gnawing problems that i had before before like before i got sober and really did the steps and and worked you know on on like the eighth and ninth and like all these things and amends and then helping other people before all of that, I would, I could not stop thinking about Jerry. Like no matter what, no matter how you couched it, I would still slide myself in there somewhere. You know, I'd be like, you know, I could be like feeding homeless people or whatever, but I'm thinking about me, you know, I'm working in an agenda. And, uh, I mean, that's not there all the time anymore. It's still there. Sometimes I still like, you know, want to succeed at things and like win at things and do stuff. But it's not like, uh, it doesn't, uh, 
I don't usually wake up at three in the morning worrying about that stuff. But when I before I would wake up at three in the morning all the time, you know, I would have like huge anxiety or I would be like so upset about something that I had no control over, you know, like the news cycle or, you know, a sports game or the weather like, you know, and I'm just fucked up about it. Like Mm. it's terrible. (laughs) So, yeah. Um. You know, my life is pretty good today. I spend, you know, a fair amount of time doing AA and, uh, you know, showing up because I can. I'm in a place in life where, you know, I'm not married. I don't have little kids. I can go to meetings. I can help people. I can pick people up. I can, you know, do these things that uh, make my life better. I don't do them because I want people to pat me on the back or anything. It just makes me, I sleep better. I feel better, you know, and then all the people that have helped me, um, it's kind of like, you know, we're trying to pay them back in some kind of way or repay that debt, I think is a better way to put it. Which, back. as we say all the time, is impossible it is. to do. It's, you can't pay. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll you spend your be. life yeah. trying to repay that debt. And, and, yeah. and something that I, I guess I was going to ask you about it and something I think about a lot is when I got sober, I was so... Uh, obsessed with getting these things back, you know, the, the, the car, the license, the, the, the girlfriend, the money, the place. And it turns out that over time that, you know, those things have come, you know, and some of them have gone, but it was what you talked about. It's that being able to sleep at night and, and some of those more inside things that have been what are important to me now. A hundred percent in my years of being in and out of AA, I, I tried all those things to fill my soul, like prestige, money, women, like everything to extreme, very, you know, I'm, I don't do things lightly too much. (laughs) Not a lot of that in AA. (laughs) So, I mean, I knew, (laughs) look at this set right here that we're on. I mean, they can't see, but there's like yeah. it took you like seventy what, lights, seventy <laughs> lights in here. It's probably still it's bright. bright. I'm probably not going to see right for a week. <laughs> <laughs> just spots everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, um, I don't know. I lost the thought. Now I was thinking about the lights. You, you got me. <laughs> so, you know, I guess what to, to kind of summarize it all. The, the thing that has helped you has been the steps of alcoholics anonymous. Hundred percent. And your life today is, as you mentioned, I love that you said everything is different. Um, could you talk a little bit about, before we move on to our topic, about the relationships in your life mm. and how those are different today? Because I know in your story you caused a lot of damage. You, you, you know, ran a rampage across the country in different places. Uh, you've got children, uh, Ex-wives, his dad, dad. (laughs) father, you know, you know, it's a big one. So what's different? So I've uh, learned to show up in those places Um, slowly. Like I've, uh, you know, I, I was taught by my sponsor and by amends to like show up consistently in, in all of those relationships. And I can run through like real quick, you know, like my dad, I hadn't talked to him in about 10 years when I got sober. I made the mistake of saying the last time I talked to him, he said, don't call me, but you can write me a letter. I said that to my sponsor. He's like, oh, you're writing him a letter every week. And then <laughs> finally I got him to calm down to once a month, which is unbearable if you're like a liar and a manipulator like me. Because I can't change the words that are already written based off of your reaction. Mm. And that's just, it just terrified me. It was so hard to write a paragraph. You yeah. have to be honest. Yeah, you have to be honest. It was, it like forced me to like tell the truth. And it was just like, oh, this is so hard. You know, and then my daughter that lived with me uh, shortly after I got sober didn't live with me started her own family, which was a a whole other story. But my sponsor was like, you need to show up every week. You need to be there consistently. And I I didn't do great at it for like the first year. And then I slowly started doing that. 
And that relationship started getting better and has continued to. And, uh, you know, the same with my other kids. It's been different journeys with each of them. Um, and, you know, two out of the three have forgiven me. And one is still really not, not okay with me right now. Still working on that one. Yeah. But, you know, I try and I show And it may up. never be right. Yeah. I mean, true. that's how amends are. I mean, it's not... Some of this stuff doesn't get fixed like we wanted to. No, not at all. And, you know, I went back. It was so unbearable to, like, go back to my family. And, uh, you know, the unbearable part was, like, my embarrassment, my shame, and, you know, showing up for years. I mean, I was, like, seven and a half years sober, and my dad was like, you know, I think you might not drink again. <laughs> and then at like 10 years he was like dropping me at the airport that's his thing he's gonna take me up to the airport and wait till I go and get on the plane and he's like you know I think this is the first time I'm not worrying about you when you leave you know and so it, things slowly heal like I begin to feel better and uh, I remember I was sitting in a meeting Monday night promises promises uh, somebody was sharing about some men's stuff I'm like what a jerk and then this girl shared and it was all like weird new girl self-centered stuff and I'm like this meeting's stupid I don't need to go to AA I don't need to be here sitting next to my sponsor I'm like he's dumb he's really not that bright he just he lives in Kensington he's never left like I've been all over the world I've had kids families wives like he's never had any of that and I, then I, I told him after the meeting, like, I kind of felt this way. And he's like, when was the last time you did anything on your amends list? And I was like, oh, like a few years ago. <laughs> right? And I got back to doing that and healing those relationships. And the point of that is healing those relationships, I feel less like a piece of shit. That was the other part. I think I said I feel like a piece of shit. And he said, well, you are a piece of shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. And he's like, what I mean is you've been living like one. And so you should feel that way. And I was like, oh, all right. That's fair. But, you know, for you, I think, and it's probably this way for a lot of immense, is that because you had, there was trauma that you had in, in, mm -hmm. in, the, in, in that pursuit of, trying to mend those relationships, something inside you gets fixed too, al mm -hmm. alongside. And I think that that is, you know, one of the other sort of benefits of doing amends. Something gets right within me too, you know. I mean, the hope is to, to amend the relationship, but it's not always possible. No, but I change. Like, I don't feel... Yeah, I, It's hard to think of a clear example that I can explain quickly, but like... You know, there's a certain kind of people or a certain kind of person that, like, I had a really bad time with, you know, fight, blow up, whatever. And then when I see that kind of person again, I don't feel like, I don't go back to that place that I was. It's like healed. It's like, uh, or like a feeling comes up and I recognize it as something that, like, oh, I don't live like that anymore. Right. I don't have to, like, entertain that. Because, yeah. yeah, I had a lot of weird shit in my childhood and growing up and life drinking and a lot of people do yeah oh 100 percent. like most people I think. most yeah yeah well so it sounds to me like alcoholics anonymous works the oh, steps have 100%. worked percent so if, far for jerry for jerry so far, if you knew so far we could we could spend hours talking to jerry about stories we didn't get into the circus story one of our so favorite stories is jerry Joining the circus. We don't have time, but... It's a good time. And his side hustle while he was at the circus. While he was at the circus. Yeah. Pharma, pharmacological delivery service? <laughs> yeah. I guess you would call that. <laughs> we, we do whatever we have to do, I guess. It's true. It's true. So let's... All right. Let's move on from the three W's. The next part of our show is going to be the weekly topic. And we, we kind of told you what the topic was going to be before the uh, the meeting tonight, and I think that this is a great topic for you. As we mentioned, you moved to Tampa recently. Our weekly topic is going to be staying connected in AA when you move to a new city. I know a lot of people do this. 
A lot of people do it in early sobriety, whether it's for a, a relocation of a job or uh, helping out a family member, family, going yep. to school. school. There's many reasons why people do it. And I can tell you that not from my own experience, but from me- talking to a lot of people, it can be terrifying. Terrifying. It can scare the shit out of you having yeah. to move to another place. Maybe you've just gotten connected in your local AA meetings. Maybe you just got a sponsor and started working with them, or you've been around a little while and you're feeling comfortable and now you got to go. Um, so that might be coming up for people that are listening and we wanted to kind of get your take on it. What are, what are some of those, uh, what are some of the things that you thought about and talked about with people? How did you sort of set the environment for success down there? You know what I mean? Like, you know, just give us the rundown. So there's a couple of things. I'll start this in a slightly strange way. So in the circus, I learned to find people <laughs> drugs in, in other cities, in which meant I had to like, you know, I, I, I learned that if you go to a new city, this was back in the day, there wasn't, you know, internet or cell phones. And so you have to find like the methadone clinic and then go there and hang out because the people going in and out of there know where all the connections are, right? So it's that kind of mentality that I take with me today when I go to Tampa and I want to stay sober. Um, I had some inroads there because I knew people because I visited there for many years and go to I go to meetings every time I travel. The first time I took a trip in sobriety, I went to meetings. I had meetings planned out before I left, and so Good it's tip something right there. something I've always done, and I recommend it. Like going on a vacation and going to a meeting the first day or first night is the best way to get inroads to all the local good stuff anywhere you go. Yeah. And people are like usually happy to meet you and happy to help you. It's like having keys to the city. Yeah, hundred percent. They're like, oh, we'll come and pick yeah. you up. You should go to such and such restaurant, and that, you know, you just you get hooked up right away. And you talked about having inroads there. You may not have inroads, but Alcoholics Anonymous is well, everywhere. everywhere. We do because just like Jerry looking for drugs in a new city, you know, <laughs> you can look on your phone now, mm-hmm. get the meeting app, find the kind of meetings you want. Find several, you know, ask other people, like, where's a meeting where people are, whatever kind of meeting you like, people are really active, there's a greeting line, like. But this is where, like, the six degrees of separation come into play, because it's like, if you're sober anywhere in in the country, and you have, you're going to a group, you know, already, and there's 10 or 15 guys, or, you know, people in that group, I guarantee you, someone knows someone. Yeah. Somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, there's. Like, it, it's hard to find someone, you got, you know, 20, 20 people in an AA meeting. I guarantee you someone knows someone wherever it is that you're going. And it may take a few connections. It right. may be somebody knows somebody yeah. who knows somebody. But if you put in the you work. you got to ask for help. Yeah. So that's help. the thing. And yeah. that's the thing that was so hard for me in the beginning was, first of all, you know, I didn't tell people what I was thinking. <laughs> right. And I had to learn how to do that. And then. Like, I had this sponsor, and he, I'm like, you know, I got to go. It's high level. I got to go back and go to court. He's like, you need to ask people to write you letters. I'm like, oh, no, we're not telling anyone. That's what I'm thinking. It's, it's like when my sponsor was like, all you got to do is pay that credit card bill. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. First thing I could do is wake up on time to go to work so I can get a paycheck <laughs> so I can pay my. I mean, yeah. the, the list of things that has to happen in succession right. effectively to pay a credit card bill is tremendous. So... I always thought if I'm asking for help, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. And the reverse is true. If like, I mean, I have no degrees. I have no skills. And I have this job where everyone else You have skills, no degrees. Well, I had no like work skills. (laughs) Like not ones you could put on a resume. And some other (laughs) things, but you know. Skateboarding. Well, no, I'd broken too much by then, you know, but definitely <laughs> numchucks. <laughs> Salesman. Yeah. Yeah. But to succeed in those things, I asked people what to do and I listened to what they said and then I did it, you know, in and out of AA, not just in AA. And so, like, asking for help really does work. But I had to get over this idea that I'm supposed to know everything. So when I get to, uh, Tampa, like, it felt weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was like, Did I, do I, am I making a mistake? Because your whole sobriety 
has been in one place. 17 At, years. Oh, 17 years of relationships, of yeah. experiences, of mm-hmm. going to the same, you know, bunch of meetings. Yeah. With the, I mean, the everything. It, it had turned into kind of autopilot for me, to be honest. Yeah. And I didn't learn that until I got down there. But part of the autopilot's good, but the part that wasn't good was, uh, you know, not putting myself forward. So when I got down there, like, I, I we haven't talked about this, but I believe in prayer now. I did not believe in prayer when I got here. I thought it was like, I don't know. I just had all these judgments. But I prayed about it when I got down there. And I remember, like, it was a Saturday. I'd been there for a week, and I'm going to tell. I'm going to go over that by a little bit. I, uh, you know, I had been there a couple of weeks. Like I'm doing construction in the house. I'm sleeping on a blow up mattress. <laughs> There's like dust everywhere. I got like a, a cheap which is folding, which is hard at your age. Yeah, <laughs> the blow up mattress. Hey, that's, that's not fun. There's recovery around that. You know what I mean? So. I literally had like a plastic folding table to for my desk and I'm working every day at it. It was hilarious. But I it's Saturday and like all of my friends, all like four or five of them, were going out of town on a trip. And so like I'm there all weekend by myself. I don't really know anyone. I don't really have a plan. Like I don't have a meeting schedule set up for the week. But Friday night I went to a detox. And I do what I learned to do, what those guys did for me. I gave this guy a book. I put my number in it, right? So Saturday afternoon, my phone rings. And Mm. because of, you know, doing my eighth and ninth step, I just answer my phone when it rings. It was like a local number. I'm like, it doesn't say spam. So I just pick it up. And it's this girl, and she's hysterical. She's like, I'm on the corner of Nebraska and... uh, something bearers or something it's where basically the prostitutes hang out and (laughs) she's like this guy wants me to get in his truck but i don't want to do this anymore and anyway you were at detox last night and you gave james your not oops yeah well whatever you gave james you know your number and said that you would take people to meetings and we i I need a ride to their shelter (laughs) (laughs) and i thought about it fire yeah and i mean this is a girl too it's not james but james i found out was with her and i was like well they might be setting me up to rob me but whatever you know <laughs> not, not, like we, time. not like we not had the first done time. that to other people right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like all right t- oh. i said tell you what i'm gonna come and get you and i'm gonna take you you know where you want to go to the shelter and i'm gonna drop you off and that's all i i'm not i don't want anything You know, I'm just going to do this because she was like offering services and other things. I'm like, no, no, no. And so I went and picked them up and it was, they like got out of detox the night before. They're not smelling good. They're not looking good. And uh, I drive her over, drop her off. James hangs out for a while, but I try to get James into like a treatment center, right? And I go to this treatment center um, cause I'm calling, texting people like, where can I take a guy who's, you know, barely sober, you know, that needs to get in somewhere. And so I go to this place and we talk to him and they're not going to let him in. And I help him find a place to stay for the night. And I'm going to pick him up and take him to meetings. But this dude walks by and he's like, he looks at my car plates. And he's like, Hey, are you from Maryland? And I was like, yeah, I mean, obviously I got Maryland plates. I didn't say that, but we start talking and, and he's like, do you go to meetings? Would you take people to meetings? And so to this day, I still go to that treatment center and pick dudes up. It just happened just like that. And it was, you know, the prayer, then answering the phone and then, you know, it just happened. And so I'm two weeks there and plugged into, you know, a treatment center and new people. So that was, so it sounds like, the you know the the answer or kind of the suggestion for this type of topic is just is to jump in yeah to the 100%. local the local a community and we don't really have time and and we'll, we'll move on but ask la- for help and then jump in. well to ask for help and yeah. and one of the things and really quickly if you can in just a brief kind of minute or two talk a little bit about because uh, I hear this all the time when people move they're not doing it right 
You know, the AA, it, they're not doing it right here. Everywhere I've gone, the meetings are different. And we get so, so, you know, we get a little set in our ways. We get stuck up to, to this is the right way. And you go somewhere else and they're not doing it right. How this did is you, my opportunity to monitor my list. This right? is, here you go. <laughs> Why don't you be honest? Maybe some of them will listen and they'll learn to do it right down there. No. So <laughs> I felt that way and I had a hard time choosing a home group for a lot of different reasons, uh, prejudgments on my part. And finally, after a little while, I was like, you know what? Uh, I just need to participate and stop thinking I know. And so I joined my home group and I, you know, started doing service more and I stopped, you know, caring as much about the little things that I think are off or different, except for one. There's one I still like they one don't hold hands after the meeting and they all just stand there and face towards the front of the room and it's just weird to me i'm like we need to circle there's some more of that going on these days around here a lot of no holding hands anymore again i get you know it's like i I get get it it. i get it now but it's different we could have a whole episode on i just want i just want at least the circle i like to just be part of a group. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you a story. I mean, to that point, and real quick, um, I was in Italy backpacking, traveling around, and I had that opinion about meetings, same is, and I could not find a meeting for days. And I finally found a meeting. Didn't speak English, not a word. Don't care. And I was so, I, I'm telling you, man, you, had, you would have thought I had just found salvation. I was so happy to be in the meeting. And I didn't understand, but I knew they were praying. I stood up. We hold, we hold, you know, we were holding hands. And I'm telling you, man, it saved my life. You mm-hmm. know, and I didn't understand a single word. So there's something about I stopped. I stopped judging meetings after that. There's some, yeah, there's something yeah. About, about being in a meeting. Yeah. There, yeah. It, oh, never mind. I'm not even gonna say. It. <laughs> this is getting recorded. We'll, I'm we'll, not gonna say it. We'll, we'll move on to our. <laughs> So, so this is a, a segment we're going to be trying out here for a while. We'll see how it goes. I think our hope is that some newer people will be listening to the the podcast and maybe even joining our, our meeting here. And we're going to be jumping into a segment we call the Newcomer Tip of the Week. <laughs> Gabe, where's the sound? Yeah, where's the sound? Oh, oh you, want a, you want a little sound for that? Let's try it again. We're going to be jumping into our (laughs) next segment, the Newcomer Tip of the Week. That's perfect. Thank you, Gabe. Gabe was was online on YouTube over there or something. Who knows what he's doing? He wasn't paying attention. (laughs) All right. So this is just going to be a quick little segment. We'll do this for maybe, uh, you know, five, seven minutes here. The Newcomer Tip of the Week this week, and and it's It's kind of... I'm going to tell a quick story that leads into it here. Uh, it is do your A step before your ninth step. And that may seem pretty straightforward, but I think it can go expand out from there to talk to your sponsor or to somebody before making decisions or doing things when you're trying to live a different way of life that you have no idea about. And I, I'll say that because I was at a treatment center a couple weeks ago. I think I told you guys this story, but I was talking to a guy after the meeting and he said, hey, would you be able to write down the 12 steps for me? And I was more than happy to do it. And he followed that up by saying, last night I was reading the steps and I found one of them interesting. It was saying that I needed to go back and make amends to people for the harms I had caused. So I hopped on Snapchat right then and there and reached out to every girl I'd ever had sex with and told them I was sorry. Oof. And I, I mean, you got to understand, <laughs> I, I visibly almost gave the showed my hand to this guy and i said oh and i i i started to kind of ask him how it went he started to say it didn't go too well which wasn't surprising to me no but i think the tip here and the point of that story is to ask for help we talked about it ask for help try to try to talk to somebody who has experience and specifically do an A step with a sponsor and talk to them before you start going out and making these amends i mean First of all, I, I, and I guess everybody's different. I was never in a hurry to make any amends. 
to anyone <laughs> no. or anything. Well, it's always the so girls. I, it's always the girl, you know. Not even people, the girls. I mean, no, I, was I was like, was, those I, are the last people I want to talk to. But some people, for some reason, want to. that's where they want to go. You know? That's true. Maybe no, there's I another shot. That. Maybe they get a second chance. There, yeah. But, I definitely wanted to go back some. Yeah, they, you I, never know. But this is, this is, you know, so, you know, you could cause more harm mm-hmm. uh, going back. Don't go in there alone. Make sure you talk to a sponsor. You know, I mean, this is this is where really that sponsor relationship, for me at least, has come in. It's just invaluable, you know, because I even 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 doing it the right way, you can still you can still make mistakes. You know, even having you know suggestions and, and counsel, all of that. Um, it's it's a dicey thing going back to people and trying to 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 sort of mend these fences and you gotta you, you know you gotta you gotta go with people's experience on this and um, and if you do you can have some amazing amends you know yeah mm-hmm. I I hundred percent agree uh, I've definitely made some messes in the past making amends uh, especially with women are thinking, you know, I needed to get her back. And so I have to fix this while I'm in treatment, you know, or whatever it is. And that's more just obsessing on not wanting to be sober, not looking at myself. But uh, there's a couple of things like uh, I want to keep it kind of light and quick, but the eight step, nothing has been more, um, influential on my sobriety and my changing than doing a thorough eight step and then going over it with a sponsor and then going out afterwards. Um, in the 12 and 12 at the end of the preface, it says, this is the beginning of the end of isolation. And that I wanted, I didn't want to do the work, but I wanted, I didn't want to be alone anymore. Cause like, like I said, at that, meeting where I thought my sponsor was a dumbass and people sharing where like I was alone still like I couldn't let people in you know yeah and I, I couldn't be effective with other people so yeah so you know don't do this by yourself um I think it and I think it expands out into many areas for the newcomer that that, that tip again is there's help here there's people you can talk to there's guidance you can get uh, I, I haven't found a problem that I've had or a scenario where if my sponsor doesn't know, they know somebody who knows, or if they don't, they know somebody who knows somebody. Similar to the to the moving around, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, and the experience of the people, and it reaches far and wide. Look, a lot of smart people that aren't alcoholic seek counsel with counterparts, you know, all or everywhere. You know, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we seek counsel with our counterparts? I mean, it's just, you know, we need it the most. (laughs) And it's funny how we come in here and we talk about, you know, uh, we've, we've got a friend. I love this one. He's, he's like, I was lying in the gutter with my finger, my hand up saying I'm number Number one, one, you know? And it's like this idea that, you know, I've got it all figured out yet. I've got no license. I'm going to back to jail. Look at the facts. I've got no job. I'm staying on my grandfather's floor in his house. You know, all these things. Couldn't bond out on a couldn't bond out on two hundred fifty dollar bond. Yet, yet you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, and that's how that's uh you gotta love that. I hundred percent agree. So I, let's uh let's we're, we are running out of time here. We want to get to our last part of the show. This is a little we're bit doing better than we did last time. We're doing much better. This is a this is going to be a little fun thing we're going to do every week, and we're going to mix it up and do something uh, different. But this is called the sketch of the week. Top ten. And this week it's going to be the a top the top ten. This was a David Letterman night uh, late night show. Uh, we're skit. just ripping it. We're ripping, we're ripping it. it, but we're going to be wholesale. We're going to be connecting it to Alcoholics Anonymous in a fun way. And the way this is going to go, we've got our top 10 list here. I'm going to read one. Jerry, you're going to read. I'll start off. Then you read the next one. Chris, you read the next one. And then we'll just go around like that. Why don't we have Jerry just start? Uh, I'm going to start. We're going to start with the top 10 reasons sponsees give for not completing their fourth step. This is a good one. I think I had a lot. I know other people who had a lot. 
We got a drum roll. Do we don't have a drum roll? Do we? Gabe, no. can you do a drum roll? Uh, I can do it with my hands, I suppose, but I don't know. If I don't think the mic's gonna do pick it. Do it. Do it with your mouth. Oh, come on. <laughs> do you think I have a beatboxer, dude? Come on. Come on. We have to get a we have to get a drum roll. Can we add I got this? Of course. That was well. It sounds like a record stopping yeah. or something. Yeah, that is correct. That's a record scratch. Okay, all right. No, we'll get a drum roll for next week. Next week, drum roll. The top ten reasons sponsors give for not completing their four step. Number ten: too busy scrolling TikTok or Netflix and chilling. That's a popular one. No one, one says that, do they? That's a, yes, they do. That's a popular Well, they might not say it, but that's what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're doing. Definitely. Number nine. I can't remember how to do it. I mean, how many times have I gone over the four-step with somebody and they came back and they were like, look what I've done. And I'm like, There's that is literally nothing. a diagram there, in the book. There is, but they forget that. And they forget which page it's Who on. Who does what says in a book? Yeah. Who, I like that? this one. Too number wait, bit, number, number eight. Number eight. Too busy helping other new guys. Yeah. <laughs> sure, it's oh. a good one. Ah. That's of course like, you are. Here, you gotta understand. That's if you're gonna if you're new and you're listening right now and you don't want to do your four step. This is a good one yeah. because it seems like you're doing something in AA. Now your sponsor's gonna see through your bullshit, but yes, yeah, hundred percent. You might get called out. Number seven. This one's I love this. This is my one of my favorite AA excuses for anything. I've been sick for like two months. I am sick. The newcomer cough. Yeah, it's true. Number six, my computer crashed. Ooh. I mean, Why are you doing your four step on a computer? A computer, but you know that's that's cool. the problem cool. here. You're not. We told we're supposed to be handwriting this, right? That's what I thought. Millennials, man, they want to type everything out. Chris, you got number five. Number five, I spilled my energy drink on it. And had Ooh. to start over. Is that a Red Bull or a Bang? What are they? What are they drinking these what days, are, yeah. Gabe? Gabe, what are the, what are the Only kids Gabe. drinking? Yeah, what are the kids drinking these days? I mean, I don't really drink energy drinks like that, but Celsius seems to be pretty popular. Celsius, that's the new organic, Ooh. healthy, healthy energy drink. Do you remember when we were at that conference and that new guy you're sponsored, Chris, had to have the medics come because he drank so many energy drinks? Dude, he's having like straight up heart. I had a, I had, a, I had a spawn. I had a guy. I had a guy a couple years ago who was drinking eight what a day. Oh, oh my god! He was, had an ulcer. He had to have he a drink like a six pack. Yeah. at the conference. I, Watch out! Jesus. Number four. Wait, you wanted me to do that now? What's up with no? After you drink again? Yeah, they just want to wait. <laughs> what now? I've got too much going on. What are you doing? You don't have a job. You don't have a family. You know? yeah. All right, number three. My partner found it and ripped it up because their name was on the first list. Ooh, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. You gotta lock that down. Dude. You gotta lock it down. You gotta hide it. I've had many people oh, yeah. tell me that their significant other found their inventory yeah. and it was not a good. Which thing. is, you know, that, I, again, man, I'm like, come on, like, like she found your your drugs. Come on, yeah. you can hide those. You yeah. can't hide your four hey. step. Let's get. Yeah. People leave them places. I lost my first one, and I always like wondered well, who, what was, who was the person who found that, that and the did one they that was read it? Saturday Night Special for all those years. <laughs> we we used to read it and try to figure out whose it was. No, yeah. mine was lost in Here's a backpack on like a step. bus. Look at this one. Yeah, give me an example. Uh, number two. Number two. The dog ate the it. The dog ate it. That's the original. That's the original That's homework excuse. But yeah, you can home. use it. For the yeah. four step, yeah. right? Yeah. You sure. It's OG. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. And number one, can we get that drum roll again? I mean, I still don't have it in the about, five minutes. How about this? <laughs> number one, I did it, but the only person on it was me. Oh, you Ooh. poor soul. Yes. 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 You got to love it. Yes. That, my favorite. I'm the only one I'm angry yeah. at. Yeah. No, I, I, it's my fault. God forgive you. Self-centeredness at its best. Uh, uh-huh. You know, right there. So. Just me. That's it. Well, I All think right. uh, I think we are just about, you know, yeah, look at this. Good. We are wow. just about out of time. I, I do want to reiterate again that this will be uh, put into a podcast that we'll be putting out on different platforms. Uh, it'll be under the meeting, after the meeting. It'll be on all all different platforms, Spotify, Apple. We'll keep you posted. Um, Podbean, 
We'll keep everybody posted. We're going to be working on some con- on a way to contact us with feedback and stuff like that. We do want to thank our guest, Jerry D from Tampa, Florida, for taking his time out while he's up here to, to spend with us. We well, love you, Jerry, and thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I, yeah, man. It's been fun. Yeah. And very bright, though. It is bright. <laughs> it is bright. Maybe we'll start having people wear sunglasses and uh, they'll be like real podcasters. Yeah. Stay tuned. Next week, we've got another episode of The Meeting After the Meeting, where we're going to have a brand new guest talk about their journey and have a whole new topic uh, and tip of the week and a new sketch for you. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you.